It's the UEFA Champions League on Paramount Plus. Europe's top club soccer tournament. Champions versus champions. The best teams facing off in the knockout rounds. Magnificent! And it all takes place. While you're filling out financial reports at work. In the middle of your day, in the middle of your week. So use that second screen. Call in sick. Do whatever you gotta do to tune in Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Nobody watches the UEFA Champions League like us. Stream every match live exclusively on Paramount Plus. Good morning. It is Wednesday, March 2nd, and this is the College Football Daily. I am your host, Carl Reed. We've talked a lot in our shows and across our platform about NIL deals, about transfer portal, and we've talked from a coach's perspective. We've talked a lot about it from a player's perspective. I brought on Roosevelt Barnes today, a legendary sports agent, the president of ISC Sports. He's had clients such as Deion Sanders, Emmitt Smith, Rod Woodson, Derek Brooks, and Ray Lewis. And I thought it would be fascinating today to hear from an agent's perspective the big deals behind NIL and what this means for college football players. Bringing on uh, my very special guest, president of football for ISC Sports Agency, Mr. Roosevelt Barnes. Roosevelt, how are you doing today? Fantastic. You know, down here at the Combine, this is uh, like the uh, pro football or football uh world convention so uh it'll be going on the rest of this week and excited to be here so being down at the combine um can we kind of give our listeners of you've been in the business what 30 years now you you've represented some of the very top names in the game first round picks hall of famers can you kind of get the listeners an idea of where you've been as an agent how you broke into the business and also some of the guys that you've represented yes i've been i've been doing this for over 30 years I started off with my partner and I. My partner was Eugene Parker. I met him when I was eight years old. We went to college together, grew up together, went to college together. And uh, when I became, when I got drafted in the NFL, he actually was uh, still in law school, but uh, I wanted him to represent me. And then once I was done playing, we decided that we needed to, we didn't understand why, uh, especially particularly back when I was playing, there were not very many Black agents representing players, particularly at a very high quality. So we said, well, why not us? We represented, and I personally have represented over 58 first rounders, have several Hall of Famers that we represented, Dion, Rob Woodson, Emma Smith, Walter Jones, Derek Brooks, Richard Seymour just went in this year, Devin Hester, he'll be going in soon. We've represented some of the best of the best and still represent some of the top guys in the league today. So what are some of the changes? A, a lot of people will say now that kids are different now than they were years ago. So back when you had guys like Dion and Rob Woodson and Derek Brooks and those guys, what are some of the differences that you're seeing now when you guys are recruiting and representing guys in 2022, 2021 versus the 80s and the 90s? Is the difference that big between the mannerisms or maybe the characteristics of the kids? Is it kind of overblown? What are your thoughts in terms of the difference between the player now and the player then? Absolutely, it's different. When we first started off, and and, and I think all the way up until, you know, so you start seeing a, a major change about 15 years ago. Guys before were more concerned about getting to the league and being great players. Now, guys were, uh, you know, they wanted to, they wanted their marketing, they wanted 
They wanted some things like that. But that was not the that was not the first thing guys talked about. The first thing guys talked about back then was how can you help me get to the league and how can I be a great player? What I have found, particularly over the last 15 years, is guys want to be celebrities. And I think it's just the way our society is set up with social media and everything. People, people making millions of dollars on social media just being influencers. Well, that culture has spilled over into sports as well. Guys want to be stars before they put the work in. They want to be celebrities before they put the work in. They're, they're more concerned about what can I get rather than what can I do to be great. They, they feel like they are, they've arrived just because they got to the league or they have an opportunity to get to the league or just because they just left high school. And so because uh, social media has made stars out of uh, junior high school kids now, you can be a you can be a YouTube or a TikTok or whatever superstar. And so guys are more concerned about that than they are about the business of football, being a great player. And, you know, like I said, I've represented the best, some of the best of the best, some of the most marketable guys, some of the best players that's ever played. So I've represented some of the best guys now. But the thing that no matter how much money you make in marketing or on social media or you know, you want to be a, a celebrity, it doesn't match the money you're going to make in football. If it's done right, if it's done right, you're going to always make the money that you're going to make in football can not only change your life, your children, your children's children. You can change communities. You can be an influencer that way if you concentrate and put not put the cart before the horse. If you are a great player, then, then the celebrity going to come anyway. So guys want to be celebrities all the way back into high school instead of being great, instead of being a great player. If you're a great player, you're going to be a celebrity anyway. Let's segue that into my next question. In the past year, we've we've got the NIL, the name, image, and likeness deal. College players, rather, are, are now able to capitalize on their name, image, and likeness. Is that good for the game or is that bad for the game? I think it's good. I, I think what it does is recognize that college football is a business. When you leave high school, you are no longer an amateur athlete. And it's always been that way. It's always been a business. The difference is the colleges get to keep those billions of dollars and the players weren't getting any, were not getting anything or very little. They, they would say, well, you get your education paid for. And, and I think guys should take advantage of that as well, coach. But the tables were totally upside down as far as the economics are concerned. So I think it is good for kids to be able to, or, or young men to be able to take advantage of their name, likeness, and image. I believe that. But they also need to, to understand that no different than in the NFL, the main reason why you are at whatever university you go to, you're there to play the sport. The sport is going to get you more than any deal that you're going to get from a university and or some booster or from anybody. Keep the main thing the main thing. Obviously, we got some uh, some top-tier guys. Bryce Young, he's a Heisman guy. He got a million dollars. Caleb Williams at USC, he's done like the Beach by Dre deal and all that. But for the vast majority, does the NIL money even make a dent in what they can make if they lock in and really get ready to be pro football players? <laughs> No, it doesn't. Look at the NFL, okay? College players, once they, 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 they brought in this system, it's not a separate system. This system, advertisers 
They got the same amount of money that they had before they put this system in. So they have to make a decision on who and how they're going to spend their money. So they they get thrown into the big into the big pool with professional athletes as well. When you start talking about people spending their advertising dollars, there are going to be some exceptions to the rule. No different than in professional sports. There are certain players positions that are more marketable than others. When you look at the advertising, advertisement and commercials on television now, who do you see? You see a few quarterbacks. You see a few, not all quarterbacks even. You see a few quarterbacks. Uh, you see few position players maybe. Aaron Donald is arguably one of the best. They're saying he's the best defensive player ever, or one of them. He's just now getting a commercial, a national commercial, okay? Uh, and that's after three MVPs. So the thought process of these college players thinking that they're going to get millions of dollars from this system that they put in is, is a pipe dream. You can make a few. There's going to be some people, like you just mentioned, that are going to make some pretty significant money. But even those guys getting a million, if, if, they, if they got a million, if they got a million and a half dollars, two million dollars, whatever it is. Is that a lot of money? Absolutely. It's a lot of money. But it doesn't even scratch the surface of what quarterbacks are making. You see what I'm saying? So it's not, it, it's all relative. And most guys, even great players in college, are not going to make enough money that's going to change their lives. It's going to, not not for the long haul. They will make enough money where they can have some, some decent money for a college player or a college kid in their pocket, but it's not, it's not enough to move the needle. Is the value still in being a pro and also in valuing the education that you get? If that's, Absolutely. that's a long-term play. That's, that's the long-term play. That The money uh, that you're getting for these endorsements that they're doing is it's short-term money. The main thing you need to do when you get to college is work on your craft, be a great player, and get your education. Those things are going to pay off for you for the rest of your life. Now, the other way that this has changed the game is in the recruiting of college kids, I mean, from high school kids to, to college. You know, now these alumni and these fan base, this is a, a legal way for them to get to pay guys. I think it affects players more that way than, you know, these marketing agencies and people coming through. The, can they get deals? Can, can we as agents get guys deals? Yes. But it's not, it's not going to be the type of money where you should make a life-changing decision with those type of deals. We will hear more from Roosevelt Barnes right after this. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts. The wait is over. The Shy returns with new episodes on Paramount+. Plus. What brings you to the show? Opportunity. Everybody get down! A new rain is coming to the south side. Never should have sent a boy to do a woman's job. 
The Shy. New episodes May 10th. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash The Shy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. So, in addition to you being an agent, you have coached and you do have some sons who played in the pros. You have one son that played in the NFL, one that played in the NBA, and they both went through the recruiting process. So, in this era today, what advice, what would you be telling your sons on picking a college? Would you be telling them that we really need to pay attention to the NIL or would you be giving them some different advice and, and when you're staring them towards what they should be doing? NIL would be the last thing I would be thinking about. Now, if you have aspirations and if your goal is to get to the next level and get your education, the NIL is the last thing I would be thinking about. These young men coming out of high school, need to choose colleges that's going to help them get to their ultimate goal of trying to get to the league. You know, go to a system that fits you, fits your game. Because the league, if you're not on the field, you're not going to get a chance. You can have all the NIL you want. But if you're not getting buckets, or you're not getting sacks, or you're not stopping somebody from getting sacks, and you're not catching touchdowns, it's going to dry up. And the NIL is going to dry up. So when you start making decisions on where you're going to school, I believe this even before all of this stuff, you have to choose the school that fits your talent, the system. That's what's more important. Now, there are a handful of guys, coach, as you know, because you coach too, there's a handful of guys. I don't care where they go. They're going to be successful. It don't matter. They just that talented. And they got just got that much hype behind them. So they're going to get to college and they're going to get to play. And, and some of them are so talented, particularly in basketball, where you can make the leap faster. They're going to get an opportunity to get to the league. But getting to the league is not what it's about. It's getting to the league. You don't want to get to the league and get a cup of coffee. You want to have a career. And see, football, you have to – it's three years from, from the time you leave high school. So you have to, you have to um, be in uh, – you have a three-year apprenticeship. So you need to make sure – you go to a place that's going to allow you to display all of your, your skills and help develop. Those are the most important things, making sure that you choose a school that way. Don't choose a school and, you know, do, do you want to win championships? Absolutely. Does iron sharp, sharpen iron? Absolutely. But you need to go and play. You need to get your numbers. You need to get your playing time. And then you need to be productive. That's what I told my kids. That's what I tell kids now. I still mentor a lot of kids, high school kids, talk to a lot of kids. I tell them that this is exactly what I tell them. Go where the system fits you. Don't get caught up in the hype. Take all the emotion out. Take all that. And, and when you go in and talk to these college coaches, you need to ask some tough questions. Because, again, like I said, once you leave high school, this is a business decision. How are you going to use me? What am I going to do? What's the system I'm playing in? What's your expectations for me? You know, and then you have that. Then, then you make the best decision. The last thing I'm going to ask you before we get out of here is something else that's been new in college football is recently is the transfer portal. And, you know, back in the day, you used to have to sit out. The coach could really dictate where you could go in a lot of situations. Now you're having kids that are almost immediately going in the transfer portal. If anything goes wrong, um, sometimes they're being pushed into the portal. What are your thoughts on the transfer portal? Is that good or bad for the game? Is it good or bad for the kids? And has it went too far? Is it too much? Kind of give everybody your thoughts on the transfer portal. I think the transfer portal is good. I think that 
they had an archaic system. It was just, it was something that, you know, coaches could leave. Everybody could leave but the players. So I think that the, trans, the, the transfer portal is good. And I think it's good for the game. When coaches, you know, because coaches, when they're recruiting you, they'll tell you a lot of different stuff when they're recruiting you. But when you get there, things, you know, they talk to you a little bit different then. And if that is the case, I think a kid should be, a young man should be able to leave, just like coaches can leave. If they go someplace and they get a coaching job and the athletic director switch up on them, well, they can leave. So I, I think it's good in that way. But the transfer portal is just like free agency in the pros. It's got a two, it's a two-edged sword now. It can cut both ways. I think that, you know, a lot of times guys will see young men going to transfer portal and, and automatically, as soon as they go to the next school, they blow up. So it can work for you. But also you can get in that transfer portal and get your feelings hurt. Now you don't have anything. You think you're going to go from, just as an example, and I, you know, I, I don't know anything, but I'm just, you know, you're going to go from, per, you're going to go, you're going to leave Purdue thinking, man, I'm not playing here. Uh, I need to leave. I'm, you know, but the guy in front of you is better than you. And you're really not that good. You know, <laughs> you need to know thyself. <laughs> you, know? So you need to put some work in, bro. Yeah. So when you get in that transfer portal and then nobody's calling now, now you're stuck right. or you got to go down two levels or you may not be playing. So I think it is good, but I think young men need to use wisdom. Look at yourself really in the mirror. Have I put the work in? I'm a defensive end and, you know, I think I should be playing. My body fat is 27%. No, you, you shouldn't be playing, bro. You, you shouldn't be playing. You're not even in shape. That's not, that, that's on you. So, and you see, I'm a little bit passionate about that. I'm, I'm passionate about the work. You got to put the work in. Now, if you put the work in and you know that you know that you should be, you could, you could do some other things, then go to the transfer portal and, and, and do you. But you need to assess why and understand that it can cut both ways. And have you done everything you can to be the best that you can be before you make that leap? Well, Rosie, I thank you for coming on here today, taking the time, um, like you said at the beginning of the show, you're at the NFL Combine, and so you're right in the thick of it right now. We appreciate you coming on the College Football Daily in the middle of your Combine preparation, and uh, I hope all my guests enjoyed you today. I appreciate being on here. You are a superstar in this business, and uh, anytime you want me to come on, I follow you. Uh, you're very knowledgeable about college football, high school football, pro football, and we need more young black men like yourself helping and having an influence on these young men. I feel honored that you even allowed me to come on with you. I want to thank Roosevelt Barnes for joining me on today's episode. He has great insight on NIL and the transfer portal and really has great advice for student athletes entering college. Make sure to give us a five-star rating and a review on Apple Podcasts as well. For Roosevelt Barnes, I am Carl Reed. Thanks for listening to another episode of the College Football Daily. Plus. You're ready, Bob. Well, right. Audiences are raving. Bob Marley is electrifying. It's the feel-good movie of the year. You dig? Bob Marley, One Love. Rated PG-13. Now streaming on Paramount+. Plus.